0: Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Mayflower Congregational Church. We often start our services with a belief statement, and I think some of you know it. So there's a prompt on the front of your bulletin. Let's say it together. We at Mayflower believe that faith is a journey, God is good, Jesus saves, and the Spirit leads us toward faith, hope, and love as we honor the dignity of all God's children. Okay, we can do better next time. (laughs) We'll print the whole thing out like we used to. Oh, I know you've heard that many, many times, but it's a good reminder of what we believe and why we're here, right, on this journey of faith together. So welcome to those of you in the sanctuary. If you can find that friendship register, sign it and pass it, that would be great. And to our hundreds of worshipers joining us via live stream, welcome, welcome. There's an e-register. We would love to know that you are with us as well. Uh, If you look in the pew rack, you'll see the prayer cards. We're still doing prayer cards, and they will be collected during our opening hymn this morning. They're usually collected during the middle hymn, but this morning, we're shaking things up a little bit, so get ready. That's all I have to say about that. Um, Wednesday nights at 530, I don't know if you're aware, we have a casual family worship service in the chapel. So if Wednesday night's at 5.30, you're looking for a little different expression of worship, you can find it in our chapel. So we hope you join us. And there are all kinds of things in the bulletin that are happening around Mayflower. So look at that update, as well as watch your mailbox, because you will be getting a Mayflower newsletter. In that newsletter is a postcard that has all of the things that are happening around Lent and Easter. So you can put that on your refrigerator. You can tuck it in your briefcase or your purse, or you could maybe give it to a friend and invite them to join us for Easter and our Lent activities. So this morning, I'd like to welcome Dr. Julia Brown who's gonna tell us about today's music.
1: We have the handbell choir uh, ringing this morning. And in addition to our beautiful Whitechapel bells, we now own four octaves of hand chimes, which look like this and sound like this. So we're excited to incorporate those into our uh, handbell anthem today. And our choir um, during the offertory is singing a beautiful anthem by John Ireland, an English composer that um, rather than uh, relying on the folk melodies of of the time in in the early 20th century, like his other English composers, he um, was influenced by the French Impressionists. So you will hear those beautiful sounds and harmonies and kind of perfume in the air when that anthem happens Um, it's based on several passages from the Bible including the first Peter chapter 2 uh, that is uh, the basis of the message for this morning Uh, the climax of the anthem happens exactly in that first Peter uh, passage which talks about praising God who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light.
2: In the time that lies before us, we are about to ask, who are we? Who are we called to be? What are we called to do? Our scripture this morning is from 1st Peter and will guide us directly through these questions. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, called to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness, And into his wonderful light. Once we were not a people. But now we are the people of God. Jesus spoke these words. You did not choose me. But I chose you. And appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit. To be my ambassadors of reconciliation. So as Mayflower Congregational Church. Let us make this our petition. Our purpose. Our prayer. Father, as your presence in our community, more holiness give us and more strivings within, more patience in our struggles and more sorrow for our sin. May your spirit grow in us more faith in our Savior, more sense of his care, and more joy in his service and more purpose in our prayer. Come. Let us worship.
3: Our God, creator and sustainer, you are the source of love and life. And we ask today that you would be with us in our time of worship. Today we seek the light it takes to walk in the ways of your son. Enable us to bless all those who are here in person or via the screen. We want to be your people, alive to your call and heralds of your goodness. As you have rescued us from darkness, may the light of your Son shine upon us in this time of worship. Amen.
4: Good morning. It is winter break and there are a few middle schoolers in the pews, but I don't think they want me calling them forward. And I have our little friend Marco. Why don't you come up to the stairs if you'd like? And actually our lesson will be for everyone. All right, Marco, I was reading my Bible this week because sometimes I need a little inspiration as to what to do for the children's message. So I was reading the Bible verses that were for today, and I kept going. And the next verse after today's Bible verse says, live such good lives that they will see the good things you do and give glory to God on the day when Christ comes again. And so... During these winter days, can I show you what I would like to have with most of my meals? I would love if I could have candy with all of my meals during these days. I love candy, too. I love candy. But if I had this every day, three times a day at my house, you know, not a lot of people seeing it, I probably wouldn't look or act very healthy, would I? So instead, I try to have more of this with my meals. An orange. I love oranges, too. The little kind, they're so good. And so again, in my home, if I choose at mealtime to have oranges or things that are healthy for me, I'm going to feel and look a lot healthier when I'm out amongst other people. So that's what God was talking about in this verse, that if we spend time in prayer and if we spend time doing good things for others, that we are going to show God's goodness when we go out and about. So it's okay to have a candy bar every once in a while, right? But we should more do the healthy things and the things that do and bless God. All right, Marco, should we pray? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this sunshine. Thank you for all the goodness that we can put in our hearts that we can show you to all those around us. May we have the discipline and the strength to do that in Jesus name. Amen. All right, let's go to Sunday school, buddy.
0: Today's scripture reading is from 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, and can be found on page 858 of your Pew Bible. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God, show us a new church. Give us a glimpse, a glimmer, of what is on the horizon as we pursue you as a body of believers. We beg for you to plant in us a powerful seed of hope and desire for a new kind of church in the world. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So what's new in 22? I said uh, Happy New Year to someone I hadn't seen since November the other day, and it felt funny, saying, Happy New Year. Does 2022 still feel new? I don't know. The gray, the snow, the slush. Perhaps I'm not the only one struggling with newness. Our series, What's New in 22, has covered topics like a new creation, new formation, new call. And last week, a new forever. This morning we're looking at this idea of a new church. Our scripture from First Peter is addressing the new church in the first century. These believers living in the Roman Empire were trying to figure out how to live this way of Jesus. What might we learn from them? How might this passage help us and empower us to be a new church in 2022? To begin with the knowledge of who we are, who were the first Jesus followers banding together to form this unique community, how are we to do the same? Peter writes, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. A chosen people, or some translations say a chosen race, is the word genos, which has to do with family heritage, the lineage you come from. We are chosen by God to be God's children. I hope this brings to mind Genesis 1.26, that we are image bearers of the divine. Our origins, our lineage, our heritage is of God. A royal priesthood and a holy nation, those would have been phrases that would have been very significant to Peter's Jewish audience. Because remember, the priests in the temple were the ones who performed the rites and sacrifices laid out in the Torah, in the law. These men were set apart for holy duties. Yet here Peter assures the believers, Jew and Gentile, that they are the priests. We are the priests who are to encourage others in their walk with God. We all have the honor and privilege to engage in the holy duties of loving and sacrificing for God and for each other. And we are God's special possession, God's own people. Mayflower, we are God's special possession. There is something about this church, this community of believers, this gathering of saints that is chosen, divine, set apart, special. No one can take this away. But do we believe it? Peter was writing to those who needed encouragement. He was reminding them that this is who you are. Had they forgotten? Had they been scattered? Many of them were being persecuted. So this encouragement was critical. Perhaps we can't really relate to this idea of being persecuted. But what about apathy? What about confusion? What about losing our identity? What about being swept up in consumerism, political division, the tribal connections that deter us from being who we were intended to be? Have we forgotten? Have we been sidetracked? Do we need to be encouraged and reminded that Mayflower is a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession? This gathering that happens on Sunday mornings is one way we celebrate this. But, like I told the confermans last week, I said, Look around the table at your eighth grade peers. I said, These are your people, your Christian friends. When you're at school or out in the community, these people have your back. They know that you're chosen, they know that you're God's. Perhaps in this season of transition, Pandemic, leadership change, maybe it's appropriate to be reminded of this reality. If this is how God feels about us, might this impact how we feel about each other and about our world? When we know who we are, this changes everything.
3: Years ago, in the comic strip Pogo, remember that, Pogo? Not sure it's still going. But years ago, uh, Pogo was fishing in a swamp. And by and by, a duck comes along and sits down beside Pogo. After a while, the duck says, Has you seen my cousin? Your cousin. Yeah, my my cousin, he's migrating north by kitty car. By kitty car? Yeah, he's afraid to fly. He's afraid he's going to fall off. Well, then Pogo says, why don't he swim? Well, he don't swim because he gets seasick. To which Pogo, with good insight, says, When your cousin decided to be a duck, he chose the wrong business. Blessed is the duck who, when he decides to be a duck, does what a duck is supposed to do. Now, if we could play off that, we could also say, Blessed is the church, that when it decides to be a church does what a church is supposed to do. So Ruth has led us in looking at what the church is. Notice God's active hand in that. It's, you know, not really what they did. But God chose and called and made them royal. His very own. But that ninth verse in First Peter 2, goes on to say, in order that, that's what you are, in order that you may declare the wonderful deeds or the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. God's purpose for the church is that we declare the number one news item of the day. The church speaking of the praises of their God to a watching world. If we ever lose sight of that, if we ever begin to live for our comfort or our reputation, we are as out of place as a duck in a kitty car. I know this church, in the brief time I've been with you, is so committed to mission. And may it always be a chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, God's own. You're incredibly special. Not so that you can have more power than others or be elitist or be guaranteed of health and wealth, but so you may declare what God has done. The God who spoke creation into being, who shapes something so very special that it is chosen and royal and holy and his very own. He says, now you declare the praises of him. When it all began back in that first century, this thing called a church. It began with some unlearned fishermen and tax collectors. Later, Paul would look at that collection of people that had grown considerably and call them the foolishness of God. (laughs) Today, God uses the same method, and it may look foolish to our world. Frederick Buechner has said it so well as he marvels at the folly of God's choice of who will be a part of this very special thing that He is doing, He writes to choose for His holy work in the world lame brains and misfits and nitpickers and holier than thou's and stuff shirts and odd ducks and egomaniacs and milk toasts and closet sensualists. Why it just seems crazy. The story is told of Robert Louis Stevenson, the famous author. He was a rather sickly child. And, of course, he lived long before iPads and Snapchat and TikTok. I have to credit Harper Cooley for cluing me in on Snapchat and TikTok. I have no idea what they are. But I'm trying trying to impress my daughter at how up I am on, you know. Well, anyway, back to Robert Louis Stevenson. It was said that he would spend hour after hour looking out his bedroom window. Especially in the early evening when darkness was chasing away the dusk. He would watch the lamplighter move down the street of Edinburgh. Lighting the oil lamps one by one by one. And once his mother called out to him, Robert, what are you doing? And he replied, I'm watching a man punch holes in the darkness. Hmm. That's what we're called to do. Punch holes in the darkness with the light of this one who was reached down into our darkness and brought us into His light. God has done some wonderful things that are worthy of our praise, and we are to declare it. The Son has come among us to show us God's face and light, but it took a real, genuine incarnation. God became man. Hands that flung the stars into space will be nailed to a blood-stained cross. The life of the Creator has come into the dark, to the dark places of the world, and called us to declare His praises. A famous German theologian, pastor, writer, by the name of Helmut Thielicke, guided his church in Berlin through World War II, a church building that was bombed and much of it left in rubble. He wrote this: "Jesus, the wonder of God in the flesh, had the power to love harlots and bullies and ruffians. He was able to do this only because he saw through the filth and crust of degradation." Because his eye could see the divine original, which is hidden in every person. He saw, Jesus saw every man, woman, and child as God originally designed and meant them to be. Jesus was able to love us. Because he loved us right through the layer of mud and the darkness that we lived in. A new church. Well, it's really an old church, isn't it? It is a group of special people by God's making who declare the wonderful deeds of one who's called them out of darkness into his marvelous light.
0: Once you were not a people but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This passage talks about who we are, what to do, and now Peter reminds his audience, we must know where we have been. 1 Peter 2.10 is a reference to the prophet Hosea. The story of Hosea occupies a whole book of the Old Testament, and it's really kind of bizarre. The prophet Hosea tries to warn Israel Because their idolatry and injustice were an offense to God. So what does God do? God tells Hosea to marry a woman who is unfaithful. And in this way, Hosea's own life becomes a picture of Israel's unfaithfulness to God. What Israel needed at the time of Hosea was a restart, a fresh start to renew their relationship with the Lord but why would Peter be including a reference to Hosea in a letter to the persecuted church in Asia Minor? Perhaps these words were a reminder of where this early group of believers had once been. You once did not know about this remarkable Savior who conquered death so that we all may have life. You once would not have realized that every sacrifice you make is only a glimpse of the incredible sacrifice made by the most loving God. You once were not the recipients of the most profound grace and mercy. Once you were not bound together in shared pursuit of growing in Christ. You once did not identify as the people of God. And now you do. Do we all need to be reminded of this? How do we know where we're going if we don't know where we've been? In our new member class last week, we discussed the history of Mayflower Church. I shared the story of how a group of people in 1958 set out to form a new congregation. One of the founding tenets of congregationalism is freedom from an overarching decision-making entity like a denomination. The first pilgrims who came to our country were seeking freedom to worship God and not be bound by what, by what they felt was corrupt jurisdiction from the Church of England. They had experienced the negative effects of a larger governing, governing body mandating aspects of their faith expression and practice. This desire to pursue the call of God while not being bound to a denomination's decisions is what prompted the founding of this church. In 1958, Park Congregational Church in downtown Grand Rapids voted to join a new denomination called the UCC. The people of God, who became identified as Mayflower Church, left Park Church because they had decided to maintain their independence and freedom to follow the call of Christ wherever it will lead. Today, we are all the beneficiaries of this obedience. This is the legacy of the Mayflower body of believers. Also this week, I heard the most incredible testimony of a Mayflower member who came here several years ago After a devastating tragedy, she mentioned how this church has been transformative in her faith journey. I was literally in tears as she spoke about the love and joy of this place and the meaningful service that she has engaged here. This is also the legacy of the Mayflower body of believers. How do we know where we're going? If we don't know where we have been, the task before us now is to ask, where is this legacy taking us? How are we becoming a new church in the world? What's new in 22? As we grow in our knowledge of who we are and in what we are to do, we are also called to reflect on where we have been. How can we shed the parts of our past that will not serve us well in the future? How can we cling to the special DNA of this place that's going to catapult us forward? In the spirit of independence and the freedom to follow the call of Christ wherever it may lead, the possibilities are endless. You are now the people of God And you now have received the most amazing mercy. So in the name of the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit, amen.
4: Last week at the Midweek Chapel, the lesson was on tithing and offerings that we take here at church. Ten children came up front and they were each given a $1 bill. We then had two buckets. One bucket had the word God, and one bucket had the word me on it. So as a group, we figured out what 10% of a dollar of ten dollars was. We put the one dollar in the God bucket. We put the other $9 in the me bucket. And as I was trying to teach them that, look, when we tithe our 10%, we still have a lot that's left over for ourselves. One of the little girls was raising her hand in huge earnest, and I finally called on her and I said, what's your question? And she's like, I don't get it. God doesn't need money. God doesn't spend money. And so then the lesson turned, and we talked about all that we do here at Mayflower and outside of Mayflower with all of the tithes and the offerings that we give. And they were amazed at what we do. So having the ability to give our tithes and our offerings is truly an act of being faithful and witnessing God firsthand. Lord, we are so thankful that you call us to give to you and that you teach us to give to you first so that our hearts and minds can be set on you and what you're about. May these offerings given today bless others in this church in ways that are practical and miraculous. You are the giver of all good things. May we always have the desire to give as well. In Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Please continue to pray with me. Eternal God, silence from whom our words come, mystery in whose depths we find healing, We pray that you would unfold us now in your presence. Fill us with your peace. Renew us with your power. And ground us anew in your eternal word, which never changes. Renew our church. We are yours. Anoint our lips that we may proclaim your glory. In grace and forgiving love, you have reached out to us and invited us into your light. May our lives reflect the life and light that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. We lift our people before you, asking for grace, for healing power, and strength. And now might each of us in the quiet of our own hearts continue to pray. Would you lift one before the Lord that is especially on your heart this day as we take a few moments in silence. now we continue our petition as we sing together hear our prayer o lord conclude our prayer, praying the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
0: Mayflower Church, as we know where we have been and we know who we are, let us go forth punching holes in the darkness, declaring the great works of God. May you go in peace with the full knowledge of the love and joy of Christ. Amen.